turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and I, I, I want to preach on why I love my church. There, there are some things that I could pull out, and I'm going to show you that those things are here because I believe that there's some people here that, that love God, and they want those things to be here, and they want those things in their life. And I found those things in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, 10, and 11. As you're turning, I've, I've been teaching a class on Sunday morning called Happily Ever After, and we've been talking about the importance of marriage and why marriages fade out. And I start off with a verse that I've often used in that teaching, but I, I want to read it while you guys are turning there. It's in Ephesians 5.25, and it talks about marriage, and I know this, but the example there I think is important. He said, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it. Now, just so you guys know, that, that word right there, church, is ecclesia. That is, that is the called out body of believers. And a lot of times we're always saying, we throw it out there and say, hey, Christ died for you, and Christ died for you, and Christ died for you. And let me tell you, that, that is all true. Christ died for each one of us. But I'm not reading into it. I'm here to tell you that Christ didn't just die for you. He died for us. And in that verse right there, when he said that I did not only die that you could be saved, that verse tells us that he died that we could be saved together. Just let that sink in. It's not a random thing that we have this idea, well, hey, you're saved and I'm saved and maybe we could get together and start a club of saved people. God said, no, from the very beginning, I had this idea that I was going to save people Pull them together, call them the church, and give them a purpose. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It, it, it's not something, there's a lot of things that we made up in life of what we do. There's a lot of programs, there's a lot of traditions. But the fact that we are gathered together as a body of Christ came straight from God himself. His idea. You know why I'm saying that? Because I'm telling you as a church... That what we do as we're talking about this to God is a big deal. Christians are to be the light of the world. And we're to make a difference. But let me tell you, when they come into this source of light, there ought to be some things that they find for us as Christians. Let's read together. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Let's pray. Lord, I know that you've called us with a purpose to be the church. But Lord, oftentimes we've sat down through time. And we recreated that purpose. We begin to add in our feelings, our opinions, our ideas. To eventually, Lord, we've created clubs across America of Christians that like to assemble, to hang out. But Lord, the product is not people walking out of there, reaching into the lives of the lost and changing them. Because Lord, I know that when you call us to be Christians, you've called us to be Christ-like. And Lord, as I read your Bible, I don't find one place where you ever quit reaching people where you sat down just to talk about the needs of others. You were actively pursuing those that needed you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that these things that we're about to study will be true and evident in our church family. I pray this in your name. Amen.
I love how this says in this passage, and I've spoke on this before, I just want to touch on this aspect right here, about how he called us not just to love one another. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of people that you work with and that you go uh, activities and sports, and there is a bond and there's a, a union and things that are there, but not like this. When the Bible says that, hey, let me tell you, you Christians, you called out, He said there ought to be not just a love, but a love of appreciation, an atmosphere, a a congregating of people with a united purpose that is not found in the world, but people ought to step into something when they come into here that is different. To love one another. Let let me ask you, when when it comes to this kind of family love, people ask this question all the time, and I'd ask you this this morning, do you feel love when you come here? Do you feel connected? Do you feel cared for? And sometimes I have people and say, let me tell you right now that I, I, I don't feel cared for. I don't feel love. I don't feel those things. And now I'm going to finish it because you've got to understand your role as a church. Here's the second part. Do you show love when you get here? It's all about, we walk around and it's like, gimme, 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 gimme. It's like, I walked in there and nobody was friendly to me. Let me ask you this. Did you walk in there and be friendly to other people? Right, right. Uh, Dominic mentioned that just a minute ago, that pastor, that was one of his themes, the things that he would say. Because the Bible says this, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. Right. You, you see, if, if people say, I'm not going back there. I don't want to be part of that because that wasn't a friendly church. A friendly church is only friendly because the people that attend there are friendly. Does that make sense? You say, well, duh, I know it's well, duh. But sometimes we, we read into that and we're, we're thinking that we're going to a club. And when you realize that when you walk through the door and you're saved and you're body, part of the body of Christ, you are now part of the local church. Amen. So I get to this passage and I started pulling out and said, Lord, I, I just, I know what I love about my church. I, I know the things that I get out of it and everything, but I, I just want to make sure that we continue in doing these things because these are the things, these are the ingredients or whatever that make up the local church. So number one, look at this. Let love be without dissimulation. That's a, that's a cool word. That word dissimulation means without hypocrisy. You, you know what that was saying right there? That the church needs to be made up of genuine people. Amen. Genuine, real Every day, put your pants on just like everybody else does, people. Because what the world is tired of seeing is the idea that we walk into this building and somehow, some way, we have morphed into being spiritual angels above everybody else. I'm here to tell you that none of you are perfect. And I'm here to tell you that not one person, including myself on this stage, is any better than anybody else. I love how Christ, through all through Scripture was constantly showing how he was real, how he was real. He was the son of God, but he was a servant. He was king of kings, and yet he went to homosexuals. And he went to the people that were outcast. And he went to the lepers. And everybody that everybody rejected, Christ had a heart to reach them. And the thing is, we sit there, and I tell you what, we could call out sin all day long. And trust me, we ought to call out sin. Not not my opinion of sin, but what God has said, this is wrong and this is right. But if we ever get to the point where we're so saved that we're above reaching other people, then we're no good for the ministry. 
It's not about us outdoing people or us arriving to a certain situation. But he said, I'll tell you what, this, this is what you need to have in your church. Let love be without being hypocrites. I want that which is real. I am drawn to that which is real. I, I cannot stand it. Now, now they've, somehow people have now begun to sell cell phone numbers. And now you're getting those uh, telemarketer calls on your cell phone drives me nuts. I hate it. We, we actually canceled our home phone because I said all it is is a direct line from every telemarketer into our house. So I, I answer my phone and I'm like, hey, this is, uh, this is Tony. How, you know, how can I help you? And the, the, the phone answers. And they're sitting there, you won a free trip to Hawaii and you're going through all that. I'm just like, I've learned something. If it's too good to be true, it's not true. <laughs> It is a lie. It is a scam. It is this to the point where, I, honestly, everybody in this world, they go through just like this. Hey, you want to sign up for three this and interest this? And da, da, da. I was like, no, keep it away. It is a lie. It's a scam. And then people walk into the church. Jesus paid it all. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn it. He gave it to us. He's real. Christ will change your life. He gave me a fresh start. He'll forgive you your past. I don't know. We go through all that stuff. And then they see us. And we'll walk around like we don't have any problems. We're above this. We're above that. We, we, we don't admit this. We don't admit that. We, we walk around. And I'm just being honest. This is, I'm telling you, if we want to be like Christ... We, 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 they've got to find out that everything that we preach is real in our lives. Let the love that we show in our lives be without dissimulation. Don't be fake. Let me prove a, let me prove a point. How many of you have problems in your life? Raise your hand right now. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, that's what this altar is for. I'm going to break into song right now. I'm telling you. We live in a world of problems. If you are breathing, you have had problems, you do have problems, you're going to have problems. And to sit there and act like, hey, I have no problems, let me tell you. When Jason got up here and was testifying, he was saying, I, I was asking God, God, why me? As he beat the steering wheel, like, oh my, I can't believe he admitted. No, you know why? Because we're real people. We have problems. There's people out here right now that go to church, and let me tell you the truth. Some of you right now have addictions nobody knows about. And some of you have sinned, and you've hit it, and nobody knows about it. Some of you have dug, have buried things from your past long ago that nobody knows about it. And we've got this idea that we've got to cover it all to look good and and to, to present ourselves. And here's the thing. What the world needs more than anything is Christians that just say, God, I'm a sinner, and I need your help. We've got to be real. But the Bible says, let your love be without hypocrisy. So the thing is, as we come in here and people are looking for that which is real, this is what they need to experience. As you come up to somebody and say, man, I'm glad you're here. You better back that up that you're not just saying some words because that's hypocritical. Or to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm, I'm praying for you, and you didn't pray for them. Don't say it. Right, right, right. Hey, I, I know you're going through a hard time. If you need anything at all, you call me. Phone rings. Oh, man, I know what they're calling for. I told them that they could call me. <laughs> Ignore. <laughs> you 
God says, I'll tell you what. These people live in a world of hypocrisy everywhere they turn. When they walk into the local church, they better find something real. I'll admit I have problems and I fail and I mess up. Let me tell you guys this. I love my wife and me and her have a great relationship. But there's sometimes that we fight. And there's sometimes, oftentimes, that I lose that fight. And once in a while, she'll let me win this. But the idea that people have the idea that he studies his Bible all day long and he sits there and all this. Yes, and we still mess up. But here's the beauty of what we are as a church. Rather than elevating me as a pastor, or elevating Pastor Joe, Miss Beck, or elevating anybody else. And you know what we all do? We just come down here and go. It's all about Jesus. We, we don't point, we don't elevate ourselves and and I don't want to walk in like I'm high and mighty and I'm not above serving and I'm not above doing. You know what I want to be? I want to be a sinner saved by grace that points people to the perfect one. That's it. When we get that idea and you stand sit next to somebody and they say, man, I've had a bad week. You look at them and say, you know what? I've had a bad week too. You say, well, that's not going to lift them up. It's not lifting them up when you're being or lying to them. You sit there and I'll tell you what, I had a bad week. But I tell you what, God got a hold of me. And I had to get things right because me and my wife were fighting this week. It was like, what? You know, it's like, you were, what? You're a Christian. You're not supposed to do that. No, I'm just human flesh and sometimes I mess up. But I tell you, Christ will forgive you like he did this week. And all of a sudden you have brotherly love continuing in the church. A love ought to be real. People ought to be real. Here's the second thing. In God's church, there ought to be obvious love that's found. John 13, 35 said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. In, that, in Romans, when we read that, he said, Be ye kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. That is a tender affection which is natural between parents and their children. There should be an outpouring demonstration of love towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the thing, my, I, I, I go home and... I'll walk through the door and Morgan will run up to me and she'll, she'll hug me and I'll go in there and I'll put my arm around the kids and one by one I tell them that I love them. I, I, I'll go into the kitchen or I'll find Jen in the house and I'll put my arms around her and I'll kiss her on the cheek and I said, hey babe, I, I love you. You know what I love about the fact of what Christ has done for me? He didn't just tell me, he showed me that he loves me. Every time I study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do you know what I find over and over again? Somebody that says that they love us, but he showed it over and over and over and over and over again. And yet people walk into the love of Christ. They walk into the body of Christ and we say, we love God and he loves you. You know what God says? It ought to show in everything that you do that the love of God should be obvious. In our lives. Obvious to our brothers and sisters in Christ. No one should ever come here. And the the idea is. Well the pastor should show love. No all of us should show love. There's not one person. And I. You know why I I love the fact that we have the testimonies like this. It's love. Matt wave at me right now. Matt's a real guy. He's a real dude. Matt did you feel loved by Pastor Joe? Absolutely. I tell you. I'd, I'd be through. The day at church, and Matt would be coming in. I walk out there and say, "Hey, Matt's here. What's going? What's going on?" Pastor Joe would come out of his office and say, "Do you ready to go get some lunch?" And you know, they'd be hanging out. They'd be working downstairs, different things that's going on. See, the thing is, Joe didn't just tell Matt that he loved him. Joe showed Matt that he loved him. Amen. 
And, and when you read and say, hey, this is more than just cliche statements of, hey, the love of Christ should be in the church. There should be an obvious difference and an obvious outpouring of God's love from your life to other people's lives in this room. But do you know what we'd rather have? We'd rather come in like a sponge, like soak it all up. People love me. Nobody said that they saw me and nobody noticed that I was missing. No, 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 no. no we, just, we just want to soak it up. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't hold it back. He gave it out. You know what the response of that is? We love him because he first loved us. There ought to be a demonstration of godly, Christian, sacrificial, go out of my way, have your back kind of love in the body of Christ. If there's not... We need to be careful throwing out that word Christian because there ought to be the backing up of that when we say that. People are going through hard times in our church. They need to know that people have their back. I know my time is limited and we'll be brief, but I want to show you the last thing as we keep reading through this. Not only did you find genuine people, you find obvious love, you find them working together with a unified purpose. That same verse, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. That, that whole phrase right there is awesome. That preferring one another is constantly putting other people before yourself. Constantly. That, just, just so you have the idea, it, it's a matter of I'm willing to work in junior church so that you can go to church this week. I'm willing to watch the kids. I'm willing to come and clean that toilet and clean that room and clean the kitchen and cook this food. Constantly stepping back and putting other people first. But notice this. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Something awesome happens when we come together. You see, in the world, we get up, we go to work. We make money, we come home, we pay the bills, we, we put tires on the car, we change the oil, we go to our kids' games, we stay up, we help with homework, and we do all this, and sometimes we think that that is life. Now, don't get me wrong, that is life. You can't do away with it. You can't just stop feeding your kids, okay? You get in trouble. Then you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's certain things that is just part of life. But let me tell you, all those things ought to work together to accomplish something bigger. When you come to the church and you walk through and there's this body of Christ, the ecclesia, the, the, the thing that Christ died for, all of a sudden the talents of each individual person begin to come together and he begins to do something with us collectively. What I'm saying is through the body of Christ, I have found purpose through my life. I'm not just going to live, breathe, work, pay taxes and die. I'm going to live, breathe, Serve God with my life, not be slothful in business, fervent in my spirit, serving the Lord till the day he takes me home. I started thinking about this. It says right there in that passage, not slothful in business. See, we, we are active in the job that Christ has given us. We have this mindset in the body of Christ that somebody else will do it. Let me tell you, if you're the person that sits in church and has the idea that somebody else will do it, you're slothful in business. And I'm not sitting here trying to be critical or whatever, but the thing is, I don't like it when my kids do it. Have you ever walked into the living room and say, hey, I need somebody to go empty the dishwasher? Do you know why 
all three of them will remain sitting on the couch? Because all three of them are waiting for one of the other two to get up and do it. Every, we are programmed with this mindset that somebody else will do it. Let me tell you what, what Christ said about the church. The business of the church is all of our business. Amen. The business of changing lives, reaching people, reaching into the world and making a difference. Christ said, I, I don't want the church being slothful in business. But he went on to say, but you ought to be fervent in spirit. I looked up that word fervent. It's pretty cool. It means hot, boiling, active, and zealous. Hot, boiling, active, and zealous. I just described what the ministry should look like of Fellowship Baptist Church. Do we do what we do with all of our hearts? Do we run to the battle, serve with joy, have vision for what we're doing? Or are we just trying to get through another week? You know, we wake up and go in the church and it's like, here we go again. We're like, woohoo. Kids are going to be real excited in your class today. It's like, here, turning your Bibles, Christ did something great and saved lives and changed. And it's like, he'll do that. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants that. And the Bible says when you're serving the Lord and you're active in this body of Christ and we're unified for the purpose, there ought to be some joy in our lives excited about what God has done. In. Boiling, hot, active, zealous, fervent in our worship, fervent in our serving. The next generation that comes behind us, they need to jump on board with what they're doing because we're excited about what we're doing. Nobody wants to be part of something dead. Nobody. And yet we get upset the next generation. I'll tell you what, this past two Wednesday nights in a row, we've been preaching on Elijah and Elisha. By the time Elisha got behind Elijah where God was going to take him home, he sat there and he says, I won't let you go till you give me a double portion of what you've got. Wouldn't that be great? Instead of the world running to every deadhead that they see on TV wanting their rap lifestyle and garbage that they have and rock style, that they turn to the church and say, you know what, if I could grow up and have some of that, I'd be happy. If they, if they would just get a catch, a, a, a sliver, a, a vision of us being excited, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't have to drag kids to church. We'd have to talk them out of wanting to be involved in so many things. Fervent in spirit, but he closes with this, serving the Lord. I said it, it's in, it's in the Bible. He said, serving the Lord. Don't, don't, let me tell you guys right now, don't get upset and don't squish the excitement. You know, when they're fervent in spirit and you see people all excited about this, you see, Miss Kim Mitchell, she's, she's got this activity coming out. I can't say the word, you know, prison ministry or whatever without getting a woohoo in the middle of the service. I don't care when it is or whatever. They are up to right now getting into about 16 prisons in, in, in Ohio. They're, they're coming in with this outreach. They've got all this money in the reins. She is constantly, can I hang another poster? Can I put out another table? Can we cook more, more cookies? Can we do this? Can we do that? And you say, oh, I can't believe she's doing that. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says right here, I'm looking for some people that are fervent in their spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and let me finish serving the Lord. Sometimes we're fervent in our spirit with everything that pertains to us. But when it comes to serving God, we're dead. There's no excitement. And I thought, you know what? I, I love my church for the fact that we have a vision and a heart for people. I got touched as we're watching that video today and it's going through and it's showing people serving people over and over again. I mean, people going to the, the shelter and people going to the Broad Street Mission. 
people picking up kids on our bus routes and people going to junior church and people all, all over this. You, you know why? Because those things, when we have a fervent spirit and we're excited, God's going to use us to do bigger things. I just, I'm honored to be part of it. Let me tell you, I'm not only honored to be part of it, I'm honored to be part of it with you guys. I love serving God. But it's so awesome being able to do it together. You realize that he could have just sent us out to the world as individuals. And randomly walk into a house and they're sitting there and playing Christian music and say, hey, I'm a Christian too, high five, you know, you're excited. But that's not how he did it. He said, no, I I want to take it further than that. I not only want to bless them, but I, I want to bring these guys together regularly. And I want them to pour their lives into each other. And I don't want no big shots, okay? If you're a big shot, don't do that. I, I, I want you walking on TV screen and acting like you're holier than thou and bigger than this. And, I, and I'm not saying everybody on TV is that way, but the world has that image of us. They have that image that because we're on the stage or we do this or I wear a suit or whatever, that I'm better than anybody else. I want to tear that idea down and let them know that we need to love people the way that Christ loves people. Amen. We just live that out. There's a reason why Christ said, upon this rock, I will build my church. We're always talking about building the house of God or building the church. We don't have to build the church. We just have to be his servants. And when they see an obvious love in our life and genuine people, I promise you, we won't have to worry about filling the seats. God will keep bringing them in. Just give them something real to observe. Let them see your light shine. May they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven.